Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Ethan Crisp, Coach Lee's second. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Ethan Crisp, Coach Lee's second commit in the 2023 class known as the Gold Standard. We discuss why he chose Vandy over Kentucky and Virginia Tech in the end, his relationship with Coach Lee, his playing style, where Vandy envisions him playing on the 4-2-5 defense, the hair comparisons to Clay Matthews, his list of other mid-state players he's recruiting to Vandy, his message to Vandy fans, and a rapid-fire round of questions at the end of the interview from Will Byram. Plus, we've got a preview of the Vandy Boys series down on the plains at Auburn this weekend. We debate the idea that the tide is turning with college baseball in the state of Tennessee, and Coach Lee snags a tight end for the third commit in the 2023 class, as well as a couple spring practice updates. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 158. It is April 7th, 2022. We are Powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. And, Will, we've got a little bit of baseball to talk about. Of course, Vanderbilt is going to try to bounce back this weekend down on the plains at Auburn uh, for a series this weekend after getting swept by Tennessee. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, that series coming up. And uh, Clark Lee, Will, has uh, landed another commitment from, uh, uh, from a tight end, a big Julian Randolph. So we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit about him and then spring practice. I know you've got a few updates there. We, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about spring practice, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but well, I think what most listeners will be coming to this podcast for are, uh, the new three-star commit, Ethan Crisp, the, uh, pride of Mount Juliet high school. Uh, the bear pride is, is joining the podcast. So, uh, of course, shout out to your, your former high school and, uh, that the uh, the alum there, Will Byron, but uh, well, not much here in this episode. But I thought Ethan Crisp was uh, really good, very crisp, uh, sounded <laughs> sounded very good. 
And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of the – I think that that type of player is the template. I know, you know, we you texted me that, but kind of the, <laughs> you know, the, the classic Vanderbilt guy that they want to try to develop. So, you know, we'll talk to Ethan Chris, but he, he was great. Yeah, blueprint, prototype, template. I don't remember what I said to you, but it was one of those uh, adjectives that are synonyms yep. or adjectives, I guess, nouns, whatever the hell they are. It's it's late here, another TDR uh, after dark episode. Yes, so these are, these are always fun. But yeah, he was he was extremely impressive. I think usually it's kind of easy to forget that these guys, especially the the guys that are committing in the class of twenty twenty three, they're juniors in high school. They're going to they're about to go to their first prom. And that's that's the perspective that at, by the end of the podcast or end of the interview there with Ethan Crisp, I think both of us had to take a step back and and because we both forgot this, this kid's guy, seventeen. This guy's a junior. Eight years school. old. He's a junior in high school. Yeah, he's still got another year left. So he was extremely impressive. I mean, he sounded like he was already a Vanderbilt man. I know that was a little bit of a Derek Mason era thing, <laughs> was that saying? But I think, like you said, it is exactly what Clarkley and Barton Simmons want. And when we had Barton Simmons on the podcast not only on the field, exactly how Ethan Crisp describes his game and what he likes to do and the players that he kind of emulates his game after Mm -hmm. at the next level. That's exactly the on the field kind of player Barton Simmons talked about and exactly how he presented himself in that interview as a junior in high school Yeah, is I think as well exactly what Clark Lee and Barton Simmons want. So impressive representative of my high school. So a little yep. bit of bear pride here on my side. A little bit of bear pride there. Impressive, impressive kid. Will he's got some talent and, and you know, there's, there's going to be a lot on the development side, but you're getting the guys in that's what, uh, you know, Clark Lee and Barton Simmons have done. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other in-state guys that uh, Ethan is targeting. So I, uh, I know he's keeping a lot of them tight-lipped, but he, he did reveal some. So I think Vanderbilt fans will like that. But will I think he we... gave more than some. He gave off like yeah, a he, list. He, he's... he gave us a said, list. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't have – he said, yeah, I don't think I have any, and then went boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and he's like, but I don't know anything about those guys. So that's a little tidbit and tease there for segment two of that yeah. interview. And anytime we ask about, you know, other recruits, these guys are, are, are maybe recruiting – a lot of them pan out, it feels like. A lot of them end up uh, coming to Vandy. So well, I, I don't know if we always include it, but at the beginning, we were always like, this is a lot more loose of a conversation, but also if you don't want to answer anything, of course, don't answer it. And yeah. so usually, but he, I mean, he was like, well, you know, I don't want to, but then he gave the list. Yeah, so we, we gave the precursor. He didn't have to give any of that information it's, out there, it's, but it's that be- was a nice little tidbit into recruiting. It's better to get these guys as juniors in high school rather than uh, already at Vandy. I think before they get the media training, a <laughs> little, little bit more tight lift there, but uh, before we get to the breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report like us on facebook subscribe to our youtube channel our podcast is available on anchor itunes spotify and google podcasts and while you're at it give our podcast five stars and a review on itunes all right let's get to the breaking news no matter what style you're going for you can trust your flooring job to a Laco fine wood floors take a walk through the woods in your home every day get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303 Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, well, let, let's start with baseball here. And, and there's not a ton. Of course, it, it feels weird uh, previewing Auburn this weekend as opposed to what we were talking about last week with a big series uh, with the Tennessee Vols coming up. And 
you know, it, it, with a series like that coming up, there's a ton to talk about. But uh, Vanderbilt will be down on the Plains uh, th- this weekend. They will start Chris McIlvain uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, and then Carter Holton will go on Saturday, and then Patrick Riley is going to go on Sunday. So, Will, I think that's kind of a, a, a development there that maybe Patrick Riley is starting to settle into that that Game 3 starter role. He started Game 3 against Tennessee. So uh, Vanderbilt will play 6 o'clock on Friday, 4 o'clock first pitch on Saturday, and then one o'clock on Sunday. Well, I want to get your take on something here. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, of stuff on Twitter circulating around about some Vandy fans that are, that are worried about where this team is and, and, and worried about maybe the tide turning in the state of Tennessee and recruiting. And, and I, I think, I think there is some truth to, to a lot of it. I think there's some truth to, obviously this team has a lot to figure out, but I don't see there being much truth in the tide turning uh, in the recruiting battle because, number one, Tim Corbin recruits nationally. He, he recruits in a national perspective. Not saying Tennessee doesn't, but they don't to the level Vanderbilt does. And Vanderbilt's still going after mid-state guys. Uh, they may not be getting as much of them as they have been in the past. And now Tennessee has kind of snuck in there and kicked in the back door, as Braden Gall said, uh, the, as, as the drunken rednecks do. But, Will... Vanderbilt need we've talked about it they need to figure their stuff out but the fact that the idea that the tide is turning in the in the recruiting battle in Tennessee yes Tennessee may be closing the gap but this isn't some sort of Tennessee is taking over the state of Tennessee in college baseball like I've heard some of that and I'm like okay give me a break here I mean come on Vanderbilt for the past 20 years has, has essentially dominated college baseball, especially in the last decade. It seems like we've forgotten that. Um, so will you, you get swept by Tennessee. I knew there was going to be the, a lot of talk about stuff like this uh, from Vanderbilt fans and even local people that want to hype up, you know, the momentum that Tennessee has. And yes, they have momentum. We should give them credit. They are a great team. I'm not taking anything away from them, but the idea that the tide is turning and Tennessee is, now all of a sudden ahead of Vanderbilt overall in college baseball is ridiculous to me. And, and uh, so I know you agree with me on that. <laughs> yeah, this isn't even a debate. I, I don't know. I did see a few people. I just wanted to get to it out. Things. I wanted to throw it out there. But there's a big difference between, between a team being able to conglomerate talent through good development of talent and good coaching and a couple good lucky classes and guys that hit in COVID years that allowed guys to stay for six or seven years and get this talent perfectly accumulated at the top with all of these guys with experience and age and talent that'll be leaving this Tennessee program next year. That is one thing. And that's a hell of a job what Tony Vitello has done. Yeah. And they're not just going to fall off the face of the earth after this year. They're going to be consistently a top 25 program going to consistently be in that conversation to be a host site consistently battling to be in that super regional college world series conversation year in year out but to say that this tennessee program is anywhere close to vanderbilt in recruiting or anything on perfect game tennessee's 22nd in the country in recruiting and that's that's great in baseball for the class of 2022 that's good that's yeah Yeah. vanderbilt's number two they have eight of the top 100 players the only team above Vanderbilt is LSU and LSU has 11. So Vanderbilt and LSU basically have 20% of the top 100 players in the entire country, according to perfect game committed to their universities. So these top five programs, and you actually add up the numbers have like 40% of the top 100 players committed to them. There is a huge talent gap in what I'm talking about between 
LSU, Louisville, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn, those schools that year in, year out, you can take away their seniors and juniors and they'll still be a top 20 program. And a team like Tennessee that has worked themselves to the point that they can consistently be a top 25 program and every now and then make a run at the top when they can accumulate the talent mm-hmm. to this level. And credit to that team and Tony Vitello, they are a great team this season. Let's see in, in two years who, who the better team is because I would put almost I, w- I would put my entire life savings on that Vanderbilt in two years is going to be tremendously higher ranked than the University of Tennessee at baseball. I'll, you can I'll mark go- this down, write it down. This will be a fact. You can see it in their roster. This isn't an argument point. Yeah. It's going to be true. I'll go even further on that, Will. Uh, come back to us in, in uh, a couple months when, when it's June, and you know, and and Tennessee is is either in Omaha or in a super regional. And it's a little bit different game. Well, and let, it's a it is, and it's going to test Omaha. the pitching depth. It is going to test the pitching depth of Tennessee. But what surprised me and what I will be watching the rest of this year is I knew about the bats is the pitching. If that pitching can hold up and stay legit, it doesn't matter if they're juicing bats because that pitching is good enough to yep. carry them into We've that College it. World Series and, and give them a shot. But my point is this season – this season's a one-off. You, you talked about it. They kept talking about it as a novelty during the game and during the series. They kept saying, talking about the experience and how old some of these guys were. And it was me wanting to just run through my television screen and say, that's why they're good. I'm, <laughs> how do you not see this connection? They've been able to pick and choose the guys that they wanted to stay and get these red shirts and extended years, but only the ones they wanted. And then they were able to replace the older guys in that same time frame with younger talent that was better. And they were able to do that and pick and choose. And Vitello did a great job with that. That's not an easy thing to do. Other teams around the country were not able to do it. So that's why I want to give him credit. But this is a unique situation. Tennessee has not recruited at all at the level to be a national contender. The only reason that they are a national contender is because right now they are choosing between seven Six or seven recruiting classes they're basically picking talent from when normally you're choosing between four to five. And so that is the difference right now. There is a stack of talent, and Tennessee has done a great job of accumulating older, experienced talent. But that's not going to pan out in two to three years once all these extra years of eligibility pan out. You're still recruiting at a 22 to 40 range, and that's just not going to win you national and championships that, so you don't have these weird scenarios. Yeah, and that's why Tim Corbin, Will, has talked a lot about he's really not going to dip into the transfer portal at all. You know, I mean, he hasn't really. And and you've seen – you talked about every year. This is every year. Vanderbilt's in the top five in recruiting class. I mean, it's every year. They're either one, two, or maybe three. They have a down year, maybe four. You know, I mean, it, it is every single year. I so, want to correct myself, okay? Tennessee's been recruiting in the top ten, okay? They, yeah. They, I, I was going to correct I, myself. I was gonna, what I was, I was looking at and the the it, the thing that I was reading off of, so I was had it sorted differently. So I had it sorted by top 100 commits. And so that is what I had it sorted okay. by, which is MLB talent, because I don't care about the ranking of like what bullpen pitchers necessarily, what your three-star versus the three-star, which is how these ratings really mm. are built in the team rate. I was looking at top 100 players committed, and Tennessee has not had more than two in a class. And that's yeah. what I was getting to. Is It's yeah. kind of how we talked about before the podcast with three-stars, you know, they, they're great for depth and rotation, but when you get to that elite level of competing within the top eight teams in the College World Series for a national championship, 
it matters how many of those elite level primetime players that you have. And you always look at who wins the national championship in baseball and you can look at Vanderbilt's national championships and they had those. And you can look at every team's national championship. You can look at Mississippi State and they had those. And so that is what I'm pointing to is the top yeah. 100 players. Tennessee's done a good job of their perfect game recruiting ranking in the ranking. But as far as getting those five stars that you always see and, yeah. and we always talk about in football, that is what they haven't been doing. So that's what I was talking about, being able to pick and choose. Yeah. So I didn't and make it, that point great, but at the end, it kind of wrapped around. You, you, got, it, you got it across there at the end. Yeah. But, uh, well, I think mostly for the, you know, for the most part, the majority of their success, I think, especially winning games, you know, winning a lot of these series because they're old. I mean, this is an old Tennessee team now. They were a little bit younger last year. Two years ago, they were a little bit younger. They've gotten old. And like you said, I think Luke Lipsius, what, sixth, seventh year, their first baseman. So, uh, you know, they're here to stay. I'll say that. I mean, but, you know, to what level? To what level are the, are the Tennessee Vols here to stay? And I'm excited for the rivalry, though. I really am. I think it's great for Vanderbilt. I think it's great for, for Nashville. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, but nonetheless, will Vanderbilt will play this weekend, three-game set against the Auburn Tigers. That starts uh, Friday, tomorrow night. It's a 6 o'clock first pitch again. McIlvain, Holton, and then Riley this weekend. So uh, yeah, we'll, that's, we'll be... that's the stat, Billy. And sorry, uh, this, this is where you may, I, I don't want to get this to get to this before we get into our next, uh, next sport here and we get here into we everything. But this is what I was wanting to say with the, here it in, is. in the end, Vanderbilt has more top 100 players committed in the class of 2022 than Tennessee has had committed ever since 2016, since Vitello got there. There it is. That's what I'm getting to. That's Vanderbilt has stat. eight. Tennessee has never had more than two in a year. They had two years since 2016. They had zero. They had one year they had two. And the other years they had one top 100 player committed. That's the talent gap, talent differential. They don't have a Kumar Rocker. They don't have a Jack Leiter. They, they maybe get one shot at one of those guys each year. Vanderbilt gets eight to 10 shots yeah. at having yeah. a Kumar Rocker, or Jack Leiter each year. That's the difference in talent yeah. level. So I had to get that out there. Because I did describe that so poorly. At the hey, you got it out. We, we finally got it out. And uh, <laughs> but Will, I, I'll say that's why the Vanderbilt fans should should not be worried about the tide turning, because Vanderbilt has as much talent, if not the most talent, every year. I mean, every single year. So so uh, and, and it hasn't stopped. And Will, nice transition here. That talent is in the big leagues now. And it is incredible. Well, I don't know if you saw this tweet. Aria Gerson, who has done a great job. Let's give her credit. We give Robbie Weinstein a lot of credit. Aria Gerson has done a great job with the baseball coverage. We uh, did most improved player, uh, most improved media member. Aria. <laughs> Aria, Aria stepped it up. She's taken her lumps, and Aria has been much improved so Rock, far uh, throughout Rock, this season. Rocky start, but, but she's back, hey. and she's doing a great job with baseball coverage. I really think she is. And she had a great tweet uh, today, and, and she, uh, she said, every Vandy Boys team from 20, uh, 2005 to 2017 has a representative on MLB opening day rosters, which is unbelievable. A every team, That's every crazy. team from 2005 to 2017. I'm going to list them here, Will. I know you, you remember all these guys. We're going, we're going to start in 2005, David Price. David Price was on that 2005 team. He's, of course, in the big leagues. 2006, same guy, Price. 2007, <laughs> David Price and Mike Miner. 2008, Mike Miner and Kurt Casale. 2009, Miner, Casale, and Sonny Gray. 2010, Casale, Gray, and Mike Yastrzemski. 2011, Casale, Gray, Yastrzemski, and Tony Kemp. 2012, Kemp, Yastrzemski, Tyler Beatty, and Drew Verhagen. 2013, Tony Kemp, Yaz, Beatty, Walker Bueller, and Dansby Swanson are now added into the mix. 
And then 2014, Tyler Beatty, Bueller, Swanson, and Reynolds. By the way, the 2014 team, just stupid talented. My God. <laughs> Walker Bueller. We was knew the, it at the time. We knew it at the time. But even then, like, it's, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy looking back. But Walker Bueller was the midweek starter, um, you know, leading Mediocre. up to that yeah. season. So it's, imagine facing Bueller in the midweek <laughs> if your lips go. Nice break. But uh, 2015, you still had Bueller, Swanson, Reynolds, Kyle Wright is added in there. Colin Snyder is a guy that got called up by the Royals recently. I don't know if you saw that. Well, Tennessee kid. And then 2016, Reynolds, Kyle Wright, Snyder as well. And then 2017, Wright and Snyder. So that that kind of points to our point of, yes, Vanderbilt is, Vanderbilt is the king of college baseball. It's undisputable. Now, there are other very, very good baseball, college baseball programs. LSU, LSU. Mississippi State. Uh, you know, of course, Tennessee's on the rise. Ole Miss, you've got very good teams, but I would, I'd be willing to bet there's not a single team from 2005 to 2017 that has a major league baseball starter on on their roster that was on their college roster. Maybe there is. Maybe there's a listener out there that that wants to prove <laughs> me wrong, but I'd be surprised. And and that that's just it's incredible looking at that. Will of course, Dansby, you know, playing for the Braves tonight, and you've got plenty other guys. Uh, you know, uh, opening day starters as well. I think Bueller's making the start for the Dodgers. So it's just incredible. And, and that kind of, you know, I, I do think we gloss over that sometimes about Vanderbilt baseball, of course, in the midst of this type of season, it, it is easy to forget, I think, what has happened in the past. Well, I also don't want to overreact to Vanderbilt having a national championship run team last season, graduating a lot of talent or, or having a lot of talent be drafted and leaving. And they're still a really good team, but you're comparing it to that A and B. Don't think the Vanderbilt baseball team and program is down just because the Tennessee program is up. And right. that's what I think we're connecting is just because this season, Tennessee right now is the better baseball team in this season. That doesn't mean the program is down. Tennessee's just good. And, and it's going to go in cycles. And when you have a rival that is a good program, you're going to have to take that in cycles, even if you are the better program in this rivalry, if they're a good program, they're going to go in cycles where they are going to be the more talented team in individual seasons. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of these issues and is this going to be an issue in the future? If Tennessee wasn't number one and Tennessee was like number 20 or not ranked, like has been the case in previous years outside of last season and, and maybe the year before that, I don't think we'd be having this reaction. I don't, And, and hostile towards what is going on really underperformed I think our expectations what we saw the Tennessee sweep was a disappointment but I wouldn't say that it was a disastrous showing because no. you take away those LED lights in game one and and maybe Vanderbilt's able to sneak out that victory because that cost them between two and three right. runs and, yeah. and no telling with the momentum of that game if they get those easy outs so you're you're a couple errors away from maybe only not getting swept and just losing that series two to one and then maybe that looks a little different so just pump the brakes if Vanderbilt keeps faltering down this stretch and this series against Auburn upcoming is yeah. going to be a good test because Auburn team Auburn team is good yeah they're good but they're certainly not on the level of Tennessee that they no. faced in this most recent no. series yeah all, Auburn's hot right now they, they're coming off a they took two out of three from LSU so so Vanderbilt's they're they're gonna have and to go two out in of there. three the the weekend before as well yeah they're gonna have to they won back to back series Vanderbilt has lost back to back series so this is kind of a gut check series coming up this weekend for Vanderbilt and saying hey what are these guys made of 
You know, it's a big yeah. series. Yeah. I mean, well, another thing is this team, they're not young anymore. You know, I, I, they're, they're young in certain aspects, certain positions, but all of these guys, most of them, if not all, played in that final series against Mississippi State. And, and we've seen in college baseball before, especially at Vanderbilt, that that matters. I mean, having those, those experiences and, and building those fibers, as Tim Corbin likes to talk about, that matters. And, you know, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens yeah, with this team. But, that, that is true. That is true. Yeah, I give that you know, to you. And, They're not young. I, but you did lose. And last year we talked about it. This team's bats were not good enough. It, it, the question last season, I remember talking about it repeatedly, was how far can these arms carry this team yes, this season, yes. this elite, these two elite starters that you have? And so that was that was your LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And you take those guys away, like like you took yeah. if you took those guys away from that Heat team. I mean, yeah, those Ooh. guys played in the previous seasons and everything, but I mean, they the the pressure wasn't on those guys to perform. The pressure was on Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Yeah, and everybody yeah. else could take a secondary step back and just the pressure was on them. And now we just have to go out and do our job. And if we just do our job, those guys are good enough to win a series. They don't have that this year. Yeah. So there's more pressure on the bats. It's more focused to Enrique Bradfield and in the field, Carter Young and, and those guys yeah. behind the plate and the pitching isn't the main focus. Yeah. So last season, the bats weren't great and the pitching was fantastic this year. Both are just good. Yeah. And I think we haven't seen either rise to the level of elite that we've seen in these past teams. And that's why we're, we're sitting here like, what the hell is going on? And the team is 16th in the country, I believe. So Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. They're right on the verge of, of hosting that regional. And, Will, I talked about them being them not being young. They were young on Tuesday night against Austin Peay. Coach Corbin <laughs> really shuffled the lineup. Um, he had Davis Diaz at, uh, at short. Uh, Jones was at, in right. Keegan at, at catcher. But you, he put Parker Nolan at first base. Calvin Hewitt in left. Vastine at second, Leneve at DH, and uh, Rob Gordon, a, a freshman, I'm pretty sure, at third base. So he's not afraid to do that. He's not afraid to uh, to say, "Hey, mix it up," you know, mix it up a little bit. And and you know, I think I think other coaches have learned that about him. Other people have learned that about Corbin. That if you're not playing well, you're not going to play. You know, and, and maybe this was a situation where they wanted to just let these guys rest and, and reset. We'll see what the lineup looks like uh, at Auburn. I think Calvin Hewitt is a guy that has really stepped up. He might start uh, at Auburn this weekend, but will that's Corbs. I mean, that, that's Tim Corbin. He's he's not afraid to do that. And uh, they I think they, these guys needed a little bit of a reset. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this weekend uh, at Auburn and uh, Vanderbilt will uh well, they need it. Well, I mean, it, well, it, hell, you've lost five straight, Billy. That's that's kind of what Corbin. I mean, you you need a kick in the you know you need a kick in the pants. We'll say since I've already said hell, but uh, you need a kick in the pants, and I think Corbin recognizes that you've lost five straight SEC games need with something. those guys. Maybe they need to sit and watch and see that feeling, and maybe you can find some depth and some guys that moving forward can can perform a clutch spot because it always seems like there's situations late in the year especially when you get into postseason play that you're looking for that pinch hitter and and will Vanderbilt have that so this team's already struggling I wouldn't be surprised if Corbin has a few tricks up his sleeve here with the lineup configuration I, going I wouldn't this weekend. E I wouldn't either they, they they're looking for bets they're looking for anybody that can step up there and, and get on base and the top of that lineup has done great but the bottom of the lineup needs to step up they, they really need to, to hold their end of the bargain we'll see this weekend Vanderbilt and Auburn all right well uh, that that's the baseball uh Julian Randolph let's move over to football he has uh 
made Vanderbilt uh, the, uh, the you know his third his that's Vanderbilt's third commitment in the class of uh, 2023, and for Vanderbilt, will this is a guy that you know you look at the body type, a long rangy kid. I initially thought this kid was from Independence in the state of Tennessee. It's actually from another state. I forget which state it was. It might have been Ohio, but this kid is actually not a local uh, kid. I tweeted it out, then I had to delete it. I thought he was from Independence in Tennessee. But uh, but will Julian Randolph give us the scouting report on this guy? He's uh, you got Ethan Crisp and Reese Mooney in the class, and now you've got Julian Randolph, a tight end that I think is six five. He he looks like uh, he looks like a pretty impressive looking uh, long rangy kid. Yeah, six foot five, two ten. Other than that. I mean, we really don't know a ton yeah. in all honesty. Was he, was he rated? Yeah, yeah, so he's a three-star on 24-7. So right now in the class of 2023, it still hasn't fully shifted where all of these guys in that three-star range are rated across all of these composite sites for the ratings. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of So movement. did they just toss an 87 on there? Like, I, I don't know. They... So how the, the 24-7 composite ratings are pulling from not just 24-7, they're pulling from rivals and, and whatever yeah. scout, if that's even a thing anymore. I know that was acquired, but, and they're combining multiple sites and multiple Yeah outs who have evaluated this guy mm-hmm. and not just the 24-7. So he's a three-star 87, 34th-ranked tight end of the country, according to 24-7. They just don't have the composite ratings right. really yet. yet. The national rankings aren't out there, especially at those kind of tertiary positions like tight mm-hmm. end that aren't typically the main focus of you know the number number there's so many top 100 players in the country that are tight ends that's not really the case but he will get there he's going to be a legitimate three star at that size that athleticism you mentioned out of ohio and he's and vanderbilt's going to need tight ends in this Mm -hmm. class uh they have four senior tight ends when i was reading uh into this commitment on in an article on 24 7 we always give credit thank you robbie robbie weinstein hashtag thanks robbie yeah, he said they're losing a lot of their tight end room going into next season. I didn't realize that Ben Bresnahan and Gavin Schoenwald are both entering their redshirt senior season, but also mm-hmm. Justin Ball and Joel DeCourcy are both entering their redshirt senior season. So they're wow. losing four tight ends. So expect a pretty heavy uh, push, and I don't expect that to be the last commitment at that position no, out, no. out of this class. I don't expect it either. And, and you know, I saw the picture that he posted on Twitter. Um, you know, I mean, the kid's tall. He, he looks like he looks like he, you know, obviously got to get sm- got to get stronger smarter almost said smarter he'll probably get smarter at Vanderbilt but uh, he, uh well let's hope he's already at least a little bit smarter <laughs> or this is going to be a problem yeah he he looks like an SEC tight end now yeah, does he yeah. have the lateral quickness and everything that's where Vanderbilt's kind of struggled in the past at the tight end position it's finding one of those real legit athletes outside of Pinckney they haven't really had one of those game-changing type tight ends you could say Stephen Shoy but you know, he Not was really. he was he was still a possession type tight end, and yeah. that that's what they're really looking for. They haven't had that. They haven't. This guy has the potential to be that game breaking type of tight end type of tight end with that build and that mm-hmm. size. Will it pan out that way? We don't know. We'll I don't think Clark Lee and Barton Simmons know that question, but they see the potential that he has and and the body type that can fill out and the athleticism, and that's what they're betting on. Same thing with Ethan Crisp. Um, in, in segment two of this one right here. Yep, you got to bet on yourself, and you know, but you also got to bet on the type of player you want. And, and Vanderbilt has been doing that. So, but well, real quick here before we get to Ethan Crisp, early look at the 2023 class. You got a quarterback in Reese Mooney. You've got a hybrid linebacker safety. He's going to be an anchor, Ethan Crisp, and then you've got uh, this Julian Randolph kid, likely going to be a tight end. So, 
you know, you're three guys in, you know, Reese Mooney actually texted me. He said, Will, the class is coming together. So I'll, I'll review that. He said, and, and he obviously there's more to come. And uh, Ethan, Chris talked about it. We, we gave a shout out to Luke Brown, another local kid from Henry County High School and all O-line prospects. So, Will, it's it's shaping up to, you know, obviously you got three guys in the class. You can't really say much about it right now. But I think Coach Lee and Barton Simmons uh, expect this 2023 class, the gold standard class, to be elevated. The 2022 class, of course, was solid and improvement. But 2023, you've got to take another pretty big step ahead because that's important. Your second recruiting class is it's that second tier of players. You got to start stacking those classes. So, well, we'll see. But but from my my vantage point and some of the some of the prospects that uh, Vanderbilt has their eye on, it's looking pretty solid. Now, there's still a lot to happen. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think. 2023 gold standard class, you know, not going to say it, it's going to be a top 25 class, but uh, when you've got some guys like Reese Mooney and Ethan Crisp at the top who are also doing a lot of recruiting on their own, I think that's a good sign. I, I think stuff like that's a good sign for Vanderbilt. You feel the momentum building, but the SEC is still won and lost in the trenches. And all of these guys are great. And Vanderbilt, of course, has to find a quarterback. That's a given because in, in modern football, even in the SEC, even in college football, you have to have a quarterback that's at least pretty good, especially at Vanderbilt, that you're not going to have the offensive and defensive line like Georgia. Vanderbilt couldn't win a national championship with a quarterback like Georgia had last season. They're not going to win it with a five foot eleven walk-on. They're just not. But that is what we are assuming either AJ Swan or Reese Mooney are going to be as the quarterback of the future. So we're banking on one of those two guys developing and being able to lead this team forward. What I want to see out of the class of 2023 is a huge focus on the trenches, Billy. Because right now they have some good pieces. Grayson Morgan last season and that class was a good addition. But right now this team is still going to struggle tremendously in that area on the offensive and defensive line. I know we want to get into the spring practice notes because that's going on a little bit, but that gets right into it. Uh, One quick thing is Elijah McAllister uh, was playing that outside outside linebacker position that 425 defense okay and this season he's going to be shifting into that defensive tackle position after the injury that he had and lack of productivity so his his range we'll we'll see how that goes but with the transfer out of marcus bradley of tank sujic i mean you have you have to do a big gap there you have you're going to still struggle that's out of necessity next season is going to be a really big struggle on the defensive line specifically up front the offensive line is going to struggle but i think that they may improve slightly from last season i think the defensive line if anything may take a step back and that's saying a lot uh but this these recruiting classes i want to pump the brakes is you're not going to see any of the benefit of the class of 2022 until two three two three years and you're not going to see 2023 benefit of this class three four years so this upcoming year don't expect because there's a little bit of hype being built around this recruiting class. These guys are likely not going to make an immediate impact, but in two, three years or in going into their sophomore years for this class of 2022, that is when you're going to see the slight yeah. improvement on the field. This is football. This isn't basketball. You don't recruit two or three guys like what we expected out of the Darius Garland, Simi Chateau and uh, Aaron Neesmith class. You don't different. bring in one class and then say, look, it's game changing. This is a top 25 team. 
it doesn't matter when you're starting from the talent level and the base that Vanderbilt has, it's going to take multiple classes at even a higher level in this class of 2022 to bring them up to the point of even being consistently competitive in sec football. And that's where I want to pump the brakes is we've had some good skill. Vanderbilt has had some good skill position commits. They've had some exciting guys at that linebacker position, Daniel Martin, Ethan Crisp in the class of 2023. But the long story short and the bottom line of all of this is it doesn't matter until they get some better offensive and defensive line recruits. Because right now, one or two three-star offensive linemen and one or two three-star defensive linemen that may develop into a player really isn't going to get it done in the SEC. So that's really where I see the biggest hole in Clarkley's recruiting so far. And a lot of that has had to do justifiably, and I can see why, with the coaching moves that have happened. And Ethan Crisp even touched on that a little bit with a lot of the defensive coaching changes. That's going to make you struggle when you have these defensive linemen that are so desirable by all these other programs. And you just kind of yank out the guys that have been recruiting this entire time. And it's already a pretty tough sell uh, Vanderbilt and the SEC. So Clark Lee and Barton Simmons have some work to do on, on in yeah, the trenches there. No, no doubt about it. And will this fall, uh, Clark's going to have to play a lot of those freshmen. He's, he's going to have to put a lot of those guys like Jade McGowan, Daniel Martin in there. Because at least you can just play. say, you can just say afterwards they're freshmen and we're building. And I think that's what I hope he does. Yeah. It's just and, not and you're throw gonna them see into flashes the fire, from those guys. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's yeah. obviously they're not going to make immediate impacts, but you know, you will see a little bit of flashes. It, it's probably not going to improve their win total, but we'll see. And, and there's a little bit of excitement there, but again, it's not going to make a whole lot of a difference, but well, nonetheless here, let's, uh, let's move on to Ethan crisp, the six foot three, 205 pound, three-star linebacker out of Mount Juliet high school. The second commitment in the 2023 class Top 30 player in the state. He's a top, I mean, top 70 player in the country, top linebacker in the country, rather. And he chose Vanderbilt over, you know, we talk about everybody. It was just about, I mean, it was, it was the, it was the top tier, you know, maybe second tier team, Michigan, Cincinnati, Ole Miss, Tennessee. He had some pretty damn His good offer schools list was going top after tier. There, I mean, there's he, no he, doubt. he had some pretty damn good schools going after him. He ended up staying home and, and, and going to Vanderbilt. He'll be there in a couple of years. But, uh, Will, from Mount Juliet, this was, this is a good interview. I think Vanderbilt fans are, are definitely going to enjoy this one. Yeah, this is an impressive interview. Impressive kid. I Like we said at the beginning, this is the blueprint and prototype for Clark Lee and Barton Simmons. And it's not even a tier B offer list. This is a four-star offer list. He has pretty much every checkbox that you can have. I mean, Michigan, Kentucky, Florida, Cincinnati, Missouri, Ole Miss, TCU, Tennessee, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin. He has pretty much any offer of any school that that he could mm-hmm. pick from and his his talk about his relationship with Clark Lee and his relationship with the staff and how often he'd been able to be over there and how it felt like family to him that's what I think they're really trying to build and that's impressive and obviously you're going to hear more of that out of these early commits like Reese Mooney Ethan Crisp these are guys that really felt at home on their and these were high focus high target guys for the staff so he's excited I'm excited. And he had a great quote calling it. Uh, he hopes this defense in the future, a bunch of hungry dogs that are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Uh, and I liked that. So I think we'll, we'll tag that to this class and say, Ethan Crisp in that defense in the future, a force, force to, to be, be reckoned, reckoned with, with will be the tagline. I like it. I like it. Pack of hyenas. I think he said too. <laughs> pack of hyenas. That's yeah. what it was. Not pack of dogs. Pack yeah. of hyenas. Titans, uh, Titans term coined that term. I think a couple years ago mm. too, with their defense, but, uh, but yeah, Ethan Crisp coming up here, uh, former, not former. He's still at Mount 
Juliet, but uh, <laughs> he is, uh, he's got another year there at Mount Juliet. Uh, he'll, he'll be a Vanderbilt Commodore in a couple of years. He is coming up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Welcome back into the Door Report. Alongside Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick, and we would like to now welcome in Ethan Crisp, the uh, one of the two recent Vanderbilt football commits. He's a six foot three, two hundred five pound, three star linebacker out of Mount Juliet High School. As Vanderbilt's second commit in the twenty twenty three class, a top thirty player in the state. He's ranked in the, as the sixty second best linebacker in the country. He chose Vandy over other offers from Michigan, Cincinnati, Ole Miss, and Tennessee among others, but he decided to stay home in Music City and play for the Commodores. Ethan, congrats on your commitment. Thank, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How you doing? Doing well, definitely. I'm glad to be on here. Ethan, let, let's start. We're, we're going to have a little fun here. Of course, this is, uh, this is for the fans, it's for the people. Let, let, let's dive first, though, into your reasoning. And obviously, you're in the Nashville area being at Mount Juliet High School, uh, and, and you know there's so many, so many good players in the mid-state. But for you, why did you end up choosing Vanderbilt and, and, and staying home and playing for the Commodores? Yeah, so um, they were one of my first uh, early offers, and um, I have a great uh, relationship with Coach Clark Lee. Um, he's just kind of been there since the beginning and you know I've talked with him a lot um, and you know just being close to home I feel like that's really what's uh, great about it I get to be you know close to my family my all my family and friends can come to the games which is a plus and I get to play in the best uh, conference in America so that's those are some of the reasons you know I chose Vanderbilt and what really sticks out to me. Yeah, and thanks for coming on again and joining us here in Bear Pride, Mount Juliet High there. Uh, that's, that's where I graduated from in 2015, so you make me feel oh, yeah. uh, very old right now. So there we go. <laughs> but, uh, that, that was a little bit way back there. But Coach oh, Clarkley yeah. has brought, brought a new energy to Vanderbilt football, and yeah. you saw it in the class of 2022, and you're seeing it now pick up in the class of 2023. What specifically about Coach Lee and Clarkley and the rest of this staff really – brought you to Vanderbilt what in specific I guess a little more specific than what uh what your last answer was there yeah so uh he just brings the juice like uh, just being around him and him him and the staff you know I know coach eggs and coach um mentor were both there and you know coach eggs going to the NFL and coach mentor you know heading to Michigan but mm -hmm. you know coach Lazinski and coach Howell like they all just bring the juice and you know their defense wants to be like a pack of hyenas so you know, I want to be a part of something like that. And, you know, it gets me fired up just talking about it. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I really look forward to. And that's just one of the things I really enjoy. You said Vanderbilt was one of your first offers, uh, Ethan. And, and, you know, obviously relationship with Clark Lee was very important. Uh, but what other schools were going after you? Obviously, we read off the list, pretty much everybody. Uh, but who were some of your some of your uh, main schools down the stretch there that, that you had to kind of fend off? And, and uh, you know, you ended up choosing Vanderbilt, obviously. But who were some of those schools? Yeah, I was talking with Kentucky pretty heavily, as well as um, Virginia Tech. I was talking with them as well. And uh, Michigan and Cincinnati, um, those are those schools that kind of pop out that I was really considering uh, there at the end, you know. But uh, Vanderbilt was just kind of, it had too many pros just to not pass up. So, you know, that's where I ended up going. Yeah, and Vanderbilt has a history of some pretty successful linebackers there in, in recent years especially. So I know that was a little bit of an appealing factor there, especially with Clark Lee's history at Notre Dame prior to being at Vanderbilt. How would you describe your playing style? Uh, because I know you played over at Mount Juliet and Clark Lee kind of has the four two five. So where do you think you fit in and, and what what are some of your strengths that you think you'll bring onto the field? Yeah, just hitting what you just said, um, 
before that, like, uh, like Vanderbilt has had some great linebackers, like Zach Cunningham, Warren Burks, like they send guys to the NFL and then coach, coach Lee, like coaching Jeremiah, Lucy Cormo and Drew Tranquil. And just like that defense was so great. And, you know, I, I see that, like he can do that at Vanderbilt as well. And um, I, I would say I, I compare my playing style most to like Fred Warner or like maybe like a nickel linebacker or a hybrid kind of, because I, I like playing safety and linebacker. So um, I'm very versatile. You know, I played Mike, Will, um, outside the box, inside the box. So, um, you know, I enjoy it all. I, I like playing in space. So, um, yeah, that's big for me. And I think uh, they're recruiting me as an anchor. So just kind of like, uh, you know, field side linebacker, being able to play in space, cover tight ends and receivers and that type of thing. So that's what I enjoy the most. And, you know, playing seven on seven, that's what that's what it helps me with. So, you know, I feel like I can really excel in that defense, you know, and put myself in the best spot to make it to the uh, next level. So, Ethan, right off the bat, I, I told Will in, our, Will in our last episode that the hair instantly reminds me of Clay Matthews or, or AJ oh, Hawk, yeah. some of those guys. Oh, yeah, and, uh, uh, I love it. Do, do you look up to those guys? Uh, have, did you do you watch much of those guys, or who would you say kind of an NFL player or even a current college player that you yeah. usually he look up to? to it with, he already beat you to it with Fred Warner there, Billy. But I guess got, we'll make him dig a uh, dig a little. Yeah, deep. make him dig uh, a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, some guys. Um, Jeremiah Wilson Cormo, I really like. You know, he's uh, he played under Coach Lee. Um, uh, I really looked up to J- Jacoby Stevens for a while. Um, we were both part of MPA and. He played at LSU, and I, and if I'm not mistaken, now with the Eagles. But yeah, I looked, I watched him at LSU a lot, and I, he's a great player. He played kind of that same linebacker safety type. You know, I, I look up to that guy as well. Yeah, Billy. Billy mentioned the hair, mentioned the flowing locks, and he he oh, kind of yeah. transitioned over into what I was going to say. So if uh, nobody out there that's listening has seen Ethan's hair, he's got the the beautiful flowing locks. You could oh, you yeah. could call similar to Clay Matthews, like Billy drew the comparison there. <laughs> I know Clark Lee is follically challenged. Uh, we will we will say, what does he think about the hair? Uh, what's what's uh, Clark Lee's opinion there? He hasn't said too much about it. You know, he likes it. Some of the guys on the staff like it and mentioned it first few times. But you know, I guess it's just kind of the trademark. So you know, they just kind of got used to it. I've been up there so much; they're almost like family. So they're used to it. You know, what I mean, they are family. So you can't cut it now. We we got to see that in a Vanderbilt <laughs> uniform out of the, out of that helmet. We got to see that. But Ethan, I want to ask you about uh, some of the other in-state recruiting you're doing. And I know some players like to like to kind of keep it under wraps as a secret sometime. But uh, I I know you're recruiting other guys in the mid-state. So uh, are there any other Vandy players that that Vandy fans should keep an eye on here uh, here in the next few weeks? Uh, I don't know if any of the guys, you know, I'm not sure where they are in their recruitment process, but it's just some guys that, you know, I've been talking to and just trying to get up at Vanderbilt as much as we can and especially go on visits together. I would say guys like um, Luke Brown, uh, Maurice Sherrill, Junior Sherrill, um, Demetrius Bell, Trevor Duncan, um, Drake Carlson. So, you know, a lot of great in-state guys, um, you know, so the the list is deep and, you know, there's a lot of guys you can pull from the state, so. Yeah, no doubt about it. I got one more here before I send it over to Will uh, for some, some of the rapid fire questions. You talked about it earlier, Ethan, uh, but Coach Lee seems to have a special type of relationship with not only the players and they're at the program now, but for the recruits. And, and that's, that's the most important thing. So uh, I know you touched on it, but what are some of the other things that, that you look at Coach Lee and this staff that 
makes you have confidence in, in the future of this program. You're not there yet, but when you get there and then other players get there, what are the, some of the, some of the things that you have confidence in them uh, that, that they'll, they'll get it turned around? Well, I just saw in the 22 class, which kind of blew me away, you know, they brought in some guys, some like really talented guys in the 22 class, like top five class of all time, which, you know, is just a huge step, like, and where they're headed. And, you know, Car Coach Lee is a very professional guy, but also, you know, brings intensity and, you know, is very relatable um, to the players as well. So I feel like he's just really well-rounded as a coach. And, um, you know, he, he influences the guys and uh, the whole staff as well. You know, the, the whole message is preached top from top to bottom from head coach to the janitors. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a great environment. And, you know, that's why I think, um, you know, Vanderbilt is going to get it turn around and get the ball rolling. And if this 23 class can pan out as the 22 did, you know, Vanderbilt can be very, very special in the SEC forced to be reckoned with. So I'm excited about it. Well, I like that ahead. there, a, for, a force to be reckoned with. I, I definitely okay. like that. And I think I'll use that as, as a quote. So we're going to try something here. You're going to be kind of our beta test or our, uh, our lab rat here. So this is going right. to be non-football related. <laughs> Okay. So I, I don't. You. I don't think we have an official name for it yet. We're thinking maybe the TDR ten. Oh, I don't know. That that is a little ring to it. That's not great. We'll work on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be ten rapid fire questions. Sure. And you have sixty seconds. Okay. All right. I got you. So this is going to be just random. It's going to be boom, just one after the other. So I'll start the timer at the, uh, right after I read off the first question here for you, Ethan. So uh, you ready to go? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's start from the beginning. Like I said, these are going to be easy, but let's yes, try. Got to get them done. <laughs> Ready, set. All right, Ethan. Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs, definitely. Favorite superhero? Uh, Batman. Non-football hobby? Oh, that's tough. Track. Mm, that's another sport. We'll get to that. Sweet okay. or salty? Sweet. Movies or TV shows? TV shows. Uh, music genre country or rap summer or winter winter mm. okay good good and it's still in the south so you won't have it too bad uh, you could have yeah. gone up north i guess and we got plenty of time here so so we'll keep it running uh favorite school subject Ooh, probably business okay that's a good one i definitely like that one early mornings or late nights late nights and then the final one, if you didn't play football, what sport would you play? Probably track or basketball. There we go. And that was right at one wow. minute. So beautiful there job there to start out. So great job there. Through the gauntlet there. I know that was the <laughs> toughest interview and the toughest questions right there that you'll definitely have in your entire football career. So that last <laughs> yes, tip. Well, did you come up with all those uh, instantly, just right off the bat? I, I was coming up with those while on the spot, while this interview is going on. Those are being written down. So uh, we'll improve those as we go on. But I think that went pretty well. We'll have to uh, do that in the future. Pretty, pretty good for a dry run. Ethan, I thought you did oh, yeah. a good job. Pretty good. But, uh, Ethan, thanks again for coming on, man. I'm going to end it with this. Uh, what's your message to Vanderbilt football fans? Of course, last year was a tough season for them. And, and you know, they're moving moving in the right direction, of course, under Coach Lee. Uh, but what, what, would you, what would you tell Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt fans who are kind of kind of sitting here saying oh what, what's what's coach Lee got for us in the future what, what, what are you going to tell them yeah so coach Lee you know he's using the same blueprint as coach Corbin did for the baseball program so you know I would say expect that uh in the future so um you know keep the 22 class they got a great class 23 classes rolling 
24 class should be rolling. So just expect the momentum to keep coming. Love it. And a Love force it. to be reckoned with. Yes, sir. That's that's what we got to expect. You heard it here oh, yeah. from, from Ethan Crisp, the pride of Mount Juliet, Bear Pride, Mount Juliet High. Ethan Crisp, thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy uh, the rest of your semester. And, of course, uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll be on campus. You got another football season, though. So uh, mm -hmm. good, good luck next season. And uh, yes, thanks sir. for taking the time. Definitely. Thank you.